Good morning, good afternoon, good night. This is the Craft Heads Podcast, episode 129. This is the podcast about everything but also nothing that I started with my lifelong friend of 22 years, Tommy. He is uh, gallivanting currently as we are recording today on September 28th. He's on his honeymoon with uh, Claire. Cheers. They're traveling home, though, from the Maldives right now. So this evening, I have a guest who... I'll let him introduce himself. He's been on lots of episodes, including the last one. So, Jake, you can say exactly what it is you want to say about yourself. Sure. Um, I'm Jake Kurtz. A lot of you that are listening to this probably know who I am because we either went to high school together or something very similar, or I know you through Alex. And um, I live down in Tampa. I've known Alex since fifth or sixth grade, whenever we used to mess around in school. And I also know Tom, but I'm filling in tonight because Alex and I have a topic that we're very excited about and um, looking forward to diving into it. Absolutely. So um, the topic, and actually it's not just a one-off topic. Jake had the, I've sort of been thinking about something like this, but he took it the next step further, which was great, to do a recurring episode, sort of the way that I do like the movie rundowns with Tara. He suggests doing a not financial advice one, which of course is our favorite channel in the Craft Heads podcast Discord server. So, um, might be a great opportunity to talk on like a, you know, at least a monthly basis or something like that, where Jake and I bullshit about you know various uh, financial opportunities, whether it's boring stocks or awesome crypto and NFTs, etc. So, um, that's actually going to be the theme of this episode. This is the first not financial advice. Uh, in a series of episodes about that. And we wanted to talk about NFTs because I, whenever I first heard about them, you know, I knew nothing about them. This was only at this point, a few months ago, whatever, you know, there's, they've of course exploded in popularity. And just this past week, I, I viewed them as nothing more than a money-making vehicle, obviously, because that's, you listen who you're listening to. But I finally got them. The other day. So we'll dive into that and, and what makes them kind of interesting and fun for people and also uh, interesting from a from a financial investment standpoint. But before we dive in, Jake, uh, what be- this is BYOB. We're doing this virtually. What beverage did you drink? Uh, so since fall has, is officially upon us, I got a uh, Gourds Gone Wild pumpkin beer from Tampa Bay Brewing Company. And um it's pretty good. I mean, it tastes like a pretty typical pumpkin beer. There's a, it's pretty strong in pumpkin flavor, um, more than some of the other ones that just kind of give you a little subtle taste of it. But overall, I like it, but it's probably one of those beers that you can really only have one of before you're just kind of sick of it. But either way, we're celebrating fall, so I'm very nice. about it. Mm-hmm. I just remember, you're pumped about it. I just remembered <laughs> that, um, was that, I think we bought a four pack of that when we were visiting you. Was it left over in the fridge? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kelly I and I haven't really it. been Kelly and I haven't really been drinking a whole lot in general lately, so it's been sitting there. I think all four of them since you guys left. That's good because uh, drinking is bad for you, and you shouldn't do it. And I do it all the time, but um, I always have to state that disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I brought what's crazy is this is one of my all time favorite beers. Um, definitely, definitely top three, if not number one. It is. Uh, Schneiderweiss Aventinus, and it is a, let's see here, it's a uh, Weissen Doppelbach Ale. It's 8.2%, so 
one of the things that makes this beer very special to me is um, a the way that it's poured. So if you have the right official glass, and Jake can see it, you'll see it in the episode image as well. They have a glass made specifically for the really large. It's over a pint of beer. It's close to like seventeen ounces or something, and. You pour it in, flip the glass upside down. You do this weird thing where you pull it out slowly and the glass fills up. And then at the, you leave a little bit of beer in the bottom and you sort of rub it, bet- the entire bottle between your hands like you would if, if you see like a Cub Scout trying to start a fire with a you know a flint and a stick. And then you pour it, the rest of that into the glass because it's an unfiltered beer and you can actually see all the sediment and I'm just going to call it delicious flavor flow down into the rest of the beer. And this is like a loaf of bread in a glass. I don't know why. I've never had this on Craft Heads considering how much. I've been drinking Aventinas for years, but uh, I started down that path saying, A, B, the other reason I love it is when I was doing additional uh, schooling part-time, uh, pursuing some other endeavors, I would have these science labs because you know I was working full-time. And I wouldn't get home until 10 p.m. on the, and I it was also after a full working day. I mean, these days were just murder, and I would get home on an empty stomach, ravenous, and just drink an Aventinas. And it was those were like the one of those moments that you treasure in life. And on an empty stomach, this whole beer, like it would it would hit me like a bag of rocks. So what's what's the percentage? Do you know? Eight point two. Wow. So uh, it, like a. This is obviously about about 17 ounces, like I said, and at 8.2, it would be like, you know, probably if you did the math, it would probably be something like drinking two regular beers. I don't know, but um, maybe even a hair more. But cheers, Jake. Thanks for joining, and we'll dive in. Cheers. Oh, baby. Oh, this stuff is, when you visit, I, I have one or two more in the fridge. I'll save one for you. I'm pumped. But, uh, yeah, Jake's visiting in a couple of weeks, and uh, I'll be sure to have plenty of crafty beverages for him. But, Jake, why don't you take us off? Because I'm going to say you were the impetus for me to to stop screwing around and be like, all right, I, I need to start getting into the NFT game. So just yeah. start I think off. Ma- I think maybe just for the listener's sake, because I know that we – and maybe a couple people that we're close with are pretty into these to the point where it's like second nature explaining it to them. Mm-hmm. But I would imagine you probably at least have 10 to 50 people that might hear this at some point and have no idea what an NFT even is. Yeah, so true. maybe we should just break down what the heck NFT even stands for and what it is in the first place. I like and then it. we'll dive into our nerdiness. I like it. So it's it's a, a non-fungible token, and what that means is each individual NFT is unique, and it is not like any other or every other item in its in its class or in its project or whatever. So an, an example um, of something that is completely fungible is a is a United States one dollar bill, because every $1 bill is worth the exact same amount of money. Yes, technically they might have like tiny minute differences, but the point is in terms of finance, they're all worth the exact same thing. There's no difference between all of them. They're not unique for any particular reason. So while you could say, oh, you know, there's a, a lot of projects have 10,000 NFTs. Sure, there's 10,000 of them, but they're they're all unique. And that's why all of them by by design are serial numbered. I can remember as a 
as a kid, my brother collected, you know, all kinds of sports cards. And it was a huge deal to get like game used jerseys, game used this, game used that. And they were always serial numbered. So that was one of my first introductions into it. Cause when I first heard the word NFT, yeah, I, that was the first thing I did was I looked it up. Like, what does it mean? Okay. Non-fungible token. What does fungible mean? So it's not exchangeable for any other item like it. It's completely unique. What do yeah. you think? Does that, is that a pretty good explanation? Yeah, and I think the only other thing that I would add just to, you know, kind of make this a NFT 101 is it's a digital asset. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think a sports card is a very or, you know, maybe a Pokemon card or something like that that's a collectible. That's really the only tangible thing that exists that you can kind of loosely compare it to except yeah. digital, the digital version of that. So whenever you own an NFT, you're not getting a physical thing. Um, And that's why a lot of the times when you turn on CNBC or you read other news outlets, all the people that are clueless about it are always like, oh, so I just own a a JPEG. And until they kind of dive deeper and like really start to wrap their head around it, it does seem like that. But with the rarity and the uniqueness and, you know, the back end serial numbers and all that stuff kind of attached to it. That's what makes it um, worth something. So one thing early on that I heard that was a really good analogy was you can take a picture of the Mona Lisa on your cell phone, but you don't own the Mona Lisa. Yep. So that's, that's one that's right. interesting way to think about it. Yeah, and, and another really good example, there's one word that makes it different from, oh, you know, my brother jokes every time I send him a picture of my the newest NFT that I just aped into, <laughs> he'll he will copy it and send it back to me and be like, "Now I own it." And ha ha ha, you know that's that's the joke. But the one word is blockchain. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. It's on the blockchain. So yeah. that's what sort of makes everything trackable, everything transparent. There, you know, there's only one of it, et cetera. And I think the biggest early on explosion. I mean, I don't know which came first. Maybe it was like crypto punks and everything. That's a project we'll we'll touch on. But NBA Top Shot is what exploded and Jake told me about, you know, and I was like, what the hell? I, I he sent me one. I was like, what is this bullshit? Like it was a little clip of some, you know, maybe in this particular case, LeBron James and it sold for $250 million. And I was like, why? This yeah. is so stupid. <laughs> and then and then I texted you a week later and I was like, dude, I just bought a Kevin Durant three point shot for four hundred dollars. And you're like, what the hell are you talking about? What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then um, I found out exactly why Jake did that later on. So uh, Jake was definitely an early adopter compared to me. Um, there's there's several projects that were that were both involved in. Well, collecting uh, in and we'll talk about those. Give them some love as well. But yeah, just just to chime in real quick, yeah. um, Crypto Kitties was something that bubbled up like a few years ago. Just wow. like a real quick blip on the radar. I don't I don't know the exact year, but I know it was a few years ago, probably 2016, 2017. Honestly, it could be like 2013. I just don't know the details, but it popped up for like, you know, with with a lot of the Reddit and like deep Internet type of people for like a real quick period of time and then it completely went away. But a lot of those kind of, you know, nerdy back end of the internet types of people that really get into that stuff, they obviously knew about it 
And I think CryptoPunks was probably the first big mainstream thing that hit the radar in more recent years, like probably sometime in 2020. And CryptoPunks, I mean, you can't even buy one now for, you know, they're in the six figures on the minimum. So like probably $300,000 would be like the cheapest CryptoPunk you can get. But they're the original. Um, and I think, you know, long term, it's going to be worth a lot because it was kind of the first one that really hit everybody's radar in in the recent times. And NBA Top Shot was kind of the thing that made, I guess, more of like the average person know about NFTs because the NBA is kind of a more general concept that everybody can kind of wrap their head around. Where CryptoPunks kind of still feels like that nerdy Reddit, Twitter type of crew. So, I mean, when you look at a CryptoPunk, it literally just looks like a blurred out, like, robot type of image. So, like, it's not even something that the average person would be able to grasp. But and NBA Top Shot was... uh Before we move too far from those, Jake, let me just tell you, because this is going to blow your mind. CryptoKitties was launched in um, 2017, and so was CryptoPunks, believe it or not. Oh, wow. So they both went back to, I, I think CryptoPunks was a little bit before, and I, I just sorted on OpenSea, which is a, an open marketplace for lots of different NFTs, usually all the like really big legit ones that are on Ethereum. Um, I sorted by highest last sale, and one of these just sold for 4,200 Ethereum. I don't know exactly where Ethereum's at right now. I'm gonna Let's just guess that it's at $3,000. That means it just sold for $12.6 million. This like shitty eight bit artwork in a little square. So yeah, <laughs> NBA but, Top Shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, NBA <laughs> Top Shot. I think was kind of the the main thing that got the average person to start dabbling in NFTs because they could actually wrap their head around the NBA and they understood it a little bit. And obviously, sports cards have been a huge thing for a long time, and just collectibles around sports in general. So I think for the people that saw Top Shot. They could kind of understand it, even though still it was a little bit left field. Yeah, 100%. A, r- a really big part of NFTs are drops. So they have these, uh, there's like two, there's two different kinds. Well, I shouldn't say that. There's probably tons of different kinds. But um, especially when I was getting started, when there are packs that are distributed, a lot of times there's a limited run, like maybe there's... 8,000 packs of a particular NBA top shot drop. And what you do is you get in queue. It's like literally you get in line with, with that. Um, it's the same technology that they use to like prevent DDoS attacks and, or even just a site being completely overwhelmed, like a retail store when PS fives are in stock, instead of just letting people flood and crash the website and everybody has an absolutely horrible experience, you get in a queue. And then if you, are early enough in the queue, you ent- it's it's like entering a physical store on Black Friday when they let only a certain amount of people in. And then that way, not only certain people can access um, the site for, you know, whatever, 10 minutes or something in a, in a retail situation. In the case of um, NFTs, you might buy a pack, you might mint a collectible, whatever it is. But you get in and then you just sit with your, your number in line until either A, you are able to mint one yourself or, or buy a pack, or B, they run out and, and you've, you know, you've missed the opportunity. So NFT, in a way, like they, they can be very stressful. I mean, I've mm-hmm. participated in I don't even know how many different drops on various platforms, tried to mint lots of different projects. There's, 
I can't even possibly get into the nitty gritty of Ethereum and like gas fees and all this stuff because they have if there's these things that happen called gas wars whenever you try and mint something, and if if it were just like on a random night and not a whole lot was going on unusual in the crypto world and you wanted to mint some sort of a like an open mint collectible, your gas fee might cost you, I don't know, $30, $40 equivalent of Ethereum. When I tried to participate in one called Galaxy Eggs um, a couple weeks ago, I, you know, I had the funds to buy one, to mint one. It was, I was like, oh, whatever, it's 0.2 Ethereum or whatever it was. I can't remember exactly. And I was very excited about it. And I, I did everything right. I was trying to mint but then the gas wars occurred. And basically, whoever wants it the most and whoever has the most money is going to get it. And I saw at one point the gas fee the gas fee spiked to like $3,000 or something. I, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. And that's what's really interesting is there's you know the other, or another crypto called Solana. They, they also have an NFT platform. And there aren't any gas, gas wars or anything like that. And it's pretty efficient. And um, I'm definitely excited to see where that goes because... You know, you look at Ethereum and what happened to that. What if we're getting in on the ground floor on a lot of these Solana ones, and then you know we see what happens uh, three months, six months, two years, whatever from now. But there's there's just unlimited potential with these things. But um, yeah, that's to, that's the ahead. really in, sorry. That's the really interesting yeah, part about these NFTs is obviously there's going to be some people that get into these, you know, more for the collectible aspect because some people just like that kind of stuff. But I would say if I had to guess, I'd say more people like you and I are probably mm-hmm. just in it as an investment to get in at some point and then get out at some point. So like you said, I think there's so much potential. But the crazy thing to me is like S&P 500 might go up 10%, 15% on an annual yeah. basis. These things might go up 4,200% in three months. Like you literally have no idea. Or three or days. They could go- or three days, yeah. Yeah. Like I I used – over the past year and a half, I would live on TD Ameritrade all day long. And then – don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm still on it. But it's so boring anymore because then I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting – you know, these, these incredible percentage gains in crypto and then NFTs came along and I'm like, where's this going to end? And it's so funny because usually if you make 15% in the stock market, you did a stellar job mm-hmm. when it comes to crypto and NFT. I'm like, I didn't get 1500%. This is a waste of my time. Like, yeah. I didn't 10 X my, my, uh, my yeah. investment in one week. I'm getting out. Yeah. It's <laughs> unbelievable because it it's common. It's just a matter of you, who really knows which one's going to be the next big one, like the big lottery ticket, I guess. But um, Yeah, if this were six months ago, you and I would be sitting here talking about stock market. Yeah, yeah. And but. and look, we'll talk about, you know, we can talk about that on another episode. Or hell, I can tell you uh, what I bought today. I bought, uh, how do you pronounce it, Palantir. It's like a big data company with uh, Peter Thiel was the chairperson. I didn't even... I didn't even know he was involved or I probably would have bought a lot more a long time ago. Um, that was one of my buys today and I bought something else too. I bought a little bit more Novavax and um, shit. I can't remember the other one, but I, I do well not. in the stock market. Yeah. And, and I make good picks and recommendations in, in the, uh, the chat in, in the discord uh, server, but 
it's just like, it's funny because I just, I set it and forget it. And I'm like, oh, it'll grow because I'm a long-term investor. But then I, I usually spend more time, you know, with, with crypto and NFTs nowadays. Um, do we want to talk about some of the projects that you and, and I are personally uh, collecting in? Yeah. Um, do we want to start with my big win? Oh, my God. Yes. So tell everybody about th- this is the one that made me realize that Jake knows what he's doing and I just need to do what he does. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, on this one, I think most of you guys would know, you know, if most people on social media that follow me definitely know that I follow along with Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, he's an entrepreneur that owns a huge marketing company, um, you know, in New York, LA, pretty much every major city. And he and I are in the same field and I sort of have always looked up to what he does, but he's always been an early mover in pretty much everything, whether it's YouTube, social media platforms, um, you know, really anything. And NFTs was something that he started talking about three to six months earlier than everybody else. Mm -hmm. And it hit my radar, obviously, because I listened to his podcast and, you know, follow his social content pretty frequently. So I started hearing him talk about NFTs and talking about all these projects like CryptoPunks and all these other things that he was buying. And I was, I was interested, but I wasn't ready to pull the trigger yet because I knew how expensive some of these things were. And then Gary announced one day that he was starting his own NFT project. And Gary doesn't have any publicly traded companies. So I never really had the chance to really invest in something that Gary was doing. So whenever I saw that Gary was releasing an NFT project, I was like, interesting. Like, I bet you he's going to do something really good with this because he's been historically correct about a lot of different trends just in the world in general. So whenever I saw that he was releasing something, I was like, all right, I'm going to buy it. Like, even if it's a little bit pricey, like, I'm just going to set some money aside and hope that obviously it turns into more money. So I ended up... uh, Gary's project is called V Friends, and if anybody wants to look it up, it's V-E-E, Friends, all one word. And basically what Gary did is he doodled a bunch of pictures of animals that have different traits associated with them. So, like, I'm looking at his page right now, and, like, one of them, for example, is Logical Lion. One of them is Sophisticated Stingray. (laughs) One is... uh, wise wasp like just all these ridiculous animals with traits that he strongly believes in so what he plans to do with this over time is he wants to build the next disney is what he says he wants to basically have the ones that i just named like uh you know wise wasp like he wants that to be like mickey mouse in 50 years that's that's his goal with this whole thing so the general concept makes a lot of sense to me like the fact that he's building this as intellectual property and trying to build it over time into a big thing. And um, where Gary is positioned in the business world makes me feel confident that he might actually be able to pull some of these things off because with his marketing company, he's working with like Pepsi and Budweiser and Toyota and like all these massive companies. So he has the relationships in place to probably get in touch with somebody like Netflix or Disney or whoever the heck, to to make these things actually popular in some way. So, you know, to paint the picture even further, like let's say you own his, like, I'm looking right now, Decisive Duck NFT. (laughs) It's so stupid. But let's say Decisive... It is. But let's say Decisive Duck, 
you know, turns out to be the next Mickey Mouse in 50 years. Owning the original Mickey Mouse drawing today would be worth a quadrillion dollars. And I guess that's kind of what Gary is trying to do with this is, you know, rewarding the people that got in early by sort of building this as a huge thing over time. And, you know, long story short, I ended up buying one of his NFTs and the one that I brought, the one that I bought was called Prudent Polar Bear. Honestly, I just picked a random one because I liked the way the picture looked. So it really had nothing to do with, you know, there was no strategy that went into why I bought it. But Gary, of course, like he does with everything else, hyped this up like crazy. Um, I ended up buying it for 1.5 ETH, which at the time was, I think, like 3000 bucks. And Total. Total. Not, one ETH was not $3,000 at the time. You're saying you, that's how much my, you spent. It was, it was to- about 2000 yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, my total investment was about three grand, oh uh, God, maybe a I'm little bit myself. higher. Yeah, and um, I can't remember if it was like three months. I think it was like four or five months later because I held on to it for a little bit because I kept seeing the price slowly go up over time. I had I had it listed on OpenSea, um, and OpenSea just so that everybody knows is kind of like a marketplace, like an eBay type of thing for NFTs. Where if you own an NFT, you can list it on this website called OpenSea, and other people can buy it from you. So I listed it. It's beautiful. It's a great platform. Yeah, it's really good. And um, I listed it when I first bought it for 9.5 ETH. Because to me at the time, that sounded completely ridiculous that somebody might buy that from me for that price. And one day I get an email that says, your V friend has been sold for 9.5 ETH. Because whenever you list it, it's like a buy it now thing where like somebody can literally just buy it and then they own it. Like you don't you don't get the chance to turn them down. Obviously, going back, I wish I could have done that because now the cheapest V friends are going for sixteen point eight ETH. So, Dude. long story short, I I made a good amount of profit on that. Sell, you know, buying at one point five ETH, selling at nine point five ETH. And I was able to pay off my student loans uh, using that. And then I actually just got a new car, so I put more money towards that. And then I paid my fiancé for the the mortgage for the rest of the year. And I still had some (laughs) left over. So it was a big win. But at the same time, you know, the cheapest one now is worth significantly more than even what I sold mine for. So, you know, north of $55,000 right now for the cheapest one. And, and here's the other thing. It's not that you made 6.33 times your investment. It was actually more than that because the price of ETH all along was also going up. So mm-hmm. Jake is just a better man than I because I've already told him I would literally have blown my head off at this point like looking at that. But it is, it's such a weird world that we live in because imagine being disappointed that you had that large of an initial principle on something that was very speculative, you know, $3,000, making over six times that amount of money and then being like, oh, I should have held on to it. I mean, what? They, to do that in the stock market, you have to buy Microsoft 20 years ago. I mean, it it is insane. And, you know, I want to, something you said right there, Jake, that was really cool. We, we mentioned 
that OpenSea is like the eBay of NFTs. Um, I've been a lifelong eBayer. I used to, it used to be like a, a source of primary income for me as a kid. I mean, I was always on my grind with, with eBay, and I sold everything I could get my hands on. And it has turned into a real, real shit show. Um, eBay hates its sellers. It's very, very, very buyer friendly and has been for years. And um, I can't stand it because they're, to me, they're biting the hand that feeds them. But re- I'm not going to get into that whole thing. But one thing that I, uh, I always couldn't stand about eBay is people could win an auction or even do a buy it now and then just not pay. And guess what you can do about it as a seller? Nothing. Yeah. Back in the day, you could file an unpaid item strike, which was a nothing slap on the wrist that didn't matter and did nothing, and it was a big waste of time for everybody involved. And the problem is, if you win my item or buy my item and then don't pay for it, you are costing me money because it can be on the market right now. Maybe somebody else would buy it, whatever. And um, as a result, and, and I, I made a policy change, I don't know, ten close to 10 years ago, I was like, nope, no more auctions. And you can actually require that somebody pays at the time of a buy it now. Because I'm like, you're not buying it if you're not paying for it. So no, screw you. Require immediate payment. I have done that for the past decade. It's non-negotiable. If you if you can't pay for it, you suck. You don't get the item. So, but I, what I always wanted was they also have a make offer option on buy it now, or on eBay. You know, buy it now or best offer. And I like that. I'm a I get it. I'm I'm a haggler. Like nobody's just gonna buy something outright if they see make an offer, you're going to try and make an offer. Now, some people are really stupid and try and get it like 70% off. But my point is, what I always wanted eBay to do, and they never will because they hate sellers, is implement an option that when you make an offer, it's like, okay, we're about to submit your offer. Do you agree that if the buyer accepts your offer, you are automatically charged at that time? Well, they've never implemented anything like that. And like I said, they probably won't. I finally learned what wrapped cryptocurrency is. Did you ever read about this? Wrapped has something to do with... It has something to do with like the token that you're buying it with. But I don't know the details. It's basically exactly what I said. And it's just another reason why I hope cryptocurrency rules the world and collapses all governments. But anyways... (laughs) um, when you wrap your Ethereum, it's it's a quick conversion that you can do like on, on your Web3 wallet like MetaMask or something like that. But in order to place an offer on OpenSea, you, you, you convert your Ethereum to wrapped Ethereum and then you make the offer. And what it does is if somebody accepts, if a buyer accepts it, there's it's sort of like a built-in, I don't know if this is the right terminology, but I'm going to say it anyways, contract where it does exactly what I just said. It immediately takes that Ethereum out of their wallet. And it is the coolest thing ever. I mean, I, I've, uh, I haven't gotten, I haven't facilitated any transactions like that yet. Uh, some of the projects that I've bought into at, at a floor of X price, I am now getting wrapped Ethereum offers that are higher than, than what I paid, which is really cool. But if I were to accept it, I get them, I get paid immediately, which is the way it should be. And I just, that was that was one of the most mind-blowing things I've taken away so far from NFTs. The other thing I mentioned that I finally get NFTs is uh, I had a, a good friend uh, uh, of mine and a, and a really smart guy in the space. He's always 
he's been really helpful with crypto and everything. Shout out Dave. Um, he, he was explaining, uh, about how Solana has new, uh, NFTs to check out and they have their own platform, just like OpenSea. It's called solanart.io. And I went on there and he sent me this rarity chart and he was like, find something that is, that somebody doesn't know what they have. They're selling it very low, but it's a very, you know, rare NFT. And I'm like, okay, well, what constitutes rare other than the serial number? Cause I thought it just used to be that. Well, you can look and you can even look on this in like the properties of, of an NFT on OpenSea. It'll show you all of the different traits, whether they have like if it's um in general, like the head or face of something, if it has a hat of some kind, if it has glasses, if it has facial hair, whatever. I'm throwing those out. Those are very humanoid traits, but you get my point. What kind of apparel was it wearing? What kind of background is in it? And it will show you how many there are in that project that have it. So maybe one with a green background, you know, maybe there's 3,000 out of the 10,000 NFT project that have green. But if you get a red background, there's only 100 that have that. And then you basically, there are these um, rarity tools that you can use that will give you a score. You know, you might be number 7,000 out of 10,000 and you think to yourself, oh, this isn't worth money. Well, it's not because all of the other ones are so unique with, with, millions of different combinations of traits at the time of minting. And that's when that combination occurs is when you mint it. You might run a rarity checker on it and find out that it's like the, it's like a 300 out of 10,000 rarity because it has some really wacky combination of, of cool traits. And that was when it clicked to me. And I was like, you know, First of all, there's a market for everything. NFTs have proven that to me. You can sell any somewhere in the world, somebody will buy what you're selling. And and I think that's a really fascinating philosophical concept. And the second thing is even though yes, I'm in it for the money and I constantly wonder Jake myself who how what percent of people are in it solely for the money, what people are solely in for collecting and then what percent are for a little bit of both. I'm like, I am not into collecting these, but I'm not going to make fun of people mm-hmm. who are into because because I get it. I I actually do understand it now, and I do think it's cool. It's it's a brand yeah. new way to collect something, and it's a brand new way to communicate what you're interested in to other yeah. people because all of the stuff is public. And the same way that you can go to my Instagram profile right now and learn stuff about me. Like if you look at my Instagram for two seconds, you can see that I own a business. I hang out with my fiance and my dog. I live in Tampa. I like you can list like ten things about me. Sure. If you look at somebody's NFT wallet and see things that they own, you know, in the future, obviously, because right now it's just a bunch of lions and seals and polar bears and craziness. But in the future, like tickets to concerts are probably going to be NFTs. Tickets to NFL games are probably going to be NFTs. Um, your house might be an NFT. Like when you yep. sell and buy a house, that might be an NFT. You know, somehow proving what car you have could be an NFT. So I think eventually, you know, all of that has to become more widely accepted by a lot of these big companies. But I think eventually it's going to be something similar to social media where if you look at somebody's NFT collection, you'll be able to get a quick read on who they are as a person. 
So I think that whole aspect of it's going to be really interesting too, because that's why social media took off so much because everybody wanted ways to communicate. And that's going to be the same concept here, I think. And and if I may add, Jake, I'm, I'm going to share a little personal anecdote and I'm sure you'll like this too. I mean, I, I think it's a beautiful thing. So one of my, I love whenever, when a new, I don't know, technology, piece of media, video game, hot topic, politics, whatever. I like when something brings people together where if you remove that, they that would not have happened. I love stuff like that. A really good example is one of my absolute best friends. He was in my wedding, Yodi. Do you know why he was in my wedding? Halo Not 4. Sure. Halo 4? Wow. Literally Halo 4. And now, don't get me wrong. We grew up together. We played sports as kids. We were really, really, really tight, very young, and then sort of grew apart, like in, in the middle years. And not for any reason. We didn't dislike each other. He was like a, a swimmer and, and ha- hung with a different crowd and a lot of those friends. And I had different interests and I had my own circle. Again, we didn't dislike each other. We just sort of grew apart. And then randomly, Halo 4 came out in the middle of our college experiences. We knew each other's gamer tags. He was like, hey, dude, we went to high school together. <laughs> Let's play Halo. You know, like we That's know cool. each other because we both hate humanity and people and strangers. So it was better to play with friends. So that like rekindled our friendship and we became, you know, lifelong incredible friends. The other example I was going to use is we went to school with, shout out, Nick P. And you you and Nick were never particularly close. Pick but N. Like, it, <laughs> pick N. Meanwhile... We have this group chat now. We're just like shilling NFTs to each other, and it's an absolute blast. I mean, again, it's just a really, like you said, it your NFTs can communicate to other people, whether it's somebody you previously knew or not, your interests and what you're into. And like, this is so silly. You can bond over NFTs. It's the coolest Dude, thing in the world. That's a good only- thing. Yeah, exactly. And another person is Austin Wolf, and that's and that's more uh, and that's more with investing. But Austin yeah. Wolf is somebody that we went to high school with. I small talk with him every once in a while via text. But ever since we started talking about investing, and we have a group chat, me, him, and Alex, we talk Pedo-walk. like multiple times a week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We talk multiple times a week, so it's just super fun to have stuff like that that brings everybody together. But another really thing is. I was going to say before I forget is. Not only is that aspect of it really cool, but imagine when like rappers and athletes start flexing that they have certain NFTs. Yep. And they're already doing it on a small scale. Like Jay Z on Twitter has a CryptoPunk as his uh, profile picture. That's because Curry- he's one of the only people that can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And <laughs> Steph awesome. Curry has Steph Curry, the uh, point guard in the NBA, has a. Uh, a bored ape as his picture. Yeah, so like it, it's ape, starting Yeah, it's starting to happen. So I just feel like society follows what rappers and athletes think is cool. Movers and shakers, yeah. And yeah. I mean, more generally, influencers. And to your mm. point, Jake, uh, to my knowledge, uh they don't have those guys don't have any particular projects of their own. Uh, like yeah. Snoop is big into NFTs, Antonio Brown freaking tweets him. He's like, "What should I buy?" you know? And I I can't name a single song by this guy, but to your point, Lil Uzi has his own project. It's called Eternal Beings. It just dropped last night, 
And I minted one. And it's so funny because that Discord is a mess. Oh my God. You can tell, <laughs> you can tell there's a lot of people in that Discord who this is their first NFT project and they are utterly clueless. But it's it's pretty fun. The artwork is definitely very wild in these. But to your point, like I'm loving seeing these these different celebs, influencers, rappers, athletes, and everything get into these NFTs because I mean, there's there's nowhere to go but up. I used to think maybe we were in a bubble with these things. I don't think so, man. If yeah. I had to place a bet, I will tell you, I don't. I just like whenever people were naysaying crypto for so long, and now it's not even up for debate. Like it's here to stay. I think we're approaching that point with NFTs. And I hope that's the case for, for a lot of different reasons, including what, you know, we just talked about like bringing people together and everything. Um, but honestly, my favorite part about it, it sounds cheesy. It's giving power to the people, dude, because every dollar that is not in the stock market is not sitting in a savings account, getting you, interest that isn't even keeping up with inflation you're taking power away from huge corporations big banks big you're taking power out of big money and you're storing it in these insane images living on the blockchain and that makes me hard i i sit and think about bankers wanting to kill themselves over this stuff and i'm like this is incredible <laughs> it's absolutely amazing I have it's a, a revolution friend. I have a friend who is in a networking group that I go to on Thursdays and he's a financial advisor and he is like completely like blown away and like shocked at how much money people are putting into NFTs. And he told me that he joined the networking group just so that he could get around people that were in their early 30s and try to understand why they're investing in crypto and NFTs. Good for him. See, mm -hmm. he's taking the right approach. He knows that if he doesn't adapt, he'll die. He'll mm -hmm. become irrelevant. And I, I love people like that. You know, it's just one of the b best lessons that I ever learned from Gary Vee was that not only is it okay to change your mind and it's not a sign of weakness, it's a sign of strength and intelligence and wisdom. Like when, when something new comes around or when you are presented with new information, if you are not open to changing your mind or changing what you think about something, then you're just stubborn and dumb, you know? So at least spend some time looking into it, if anything, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and if you still think it's silly or doesn't make sense or whatever, then that's fine. I'm not going to try and explain it to you. Like I have money to make. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll move on. But, you know, give it, give it the time of day. This stuff is worth investigating. And could it pop and all go to nothing? Sure. Maybe. I just, I personally don't think it's going to, but I think, I think there might be a period of time where it cools off big time mm -hmm. and everybody's going to panic like a big dip for maybe two or three months. I could, I could see that happening. But um, I think past that, it's only going to go up. Because yeah. if you surveyed 10 random people on the street, one of them might have one NFT. And it's probably a top shot. So, yeah. you know, larger adoption of this is still on the way. Where, like, everybody's going to do it the same way that at first, only a few people had Facebook, and now everybody yeah. has it. So it's going to be the same thing. Yeah, and it's just a matter of, of, of changing the way you think about things. Like, I I don't think about uh, the 12-month chart. I think about the 12-year chart. So whenever – I always try and explain to people what crypto 
is doing and what it's going to look like. And people who freak out whenever there's these, you know, there's huge dips all the time. Crypto goes on sale every several weeks, I'll say. And I'm like, you guys, now's the time to buy. It's a little, it's still more expensive than it was if you would have bought when I told you to six weeks ago, but it's at least a little bit cheaper now. And these trends, if you look on a 12-year chart, it's like a straight up diagonal line. If you look at a 12-month, you can see there's, it goes up, it goes up, three steps and then down two and then up four and then down three, but it's still going up overall in the long term. So, yeah, um, you just gotta be able to keep, you just gotta be able to keep your cool with this kind of stuff and not panic because yeah, like my lazy lion was worth. So I bought it for 0.69 and it, the other day, literally it was worth like 3.1 was like the lowest, the lowest price. And right now, the lowest is like two ETH. So yeah. it dropped by like, you know, 30% in one day. Yeah. So, and if you're talking about raw numbers, that's literally like seeing a stock portfolio be over $10,000. And then all of a sudden, the next day, it was 7000 And it's yeah. like, if I'm not saying that this is for everybody. If you don't have the stomach for that, you should stay the hell away from these things. We just want to let you know that they're out there and what they are generally. And we think they're really fun. <laughs> and I, I mean, I would recommend... I mean, I don't want to tell anybody what to do because this is not financial advice, but... That's right. None of this is financial <laughs> advice. But I would, if I were to give one piece of advice, it would be don't mess around with money that you can't afford to lose because you're going to panic if you're putting money into this that you actually need to live and do your day-to-day life. Alex and I, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but we're putting money into this that if we lost it, we'd still be fine. One hundred percent. You you certainly can in that particular instance speak for me. That goes for even. Well, I was going to say that goes for cryptocurrency, but as far as I'm concerned, this still goes for the U.S. dollar. I'm still waiting for the entire world to wake up and say, "Hey, um, the United States dollar is worthless. Why do we let them run the world?" And then it just goes to zero. I, I'm I don't know why that hasn't happened yet, but <laughs> that's another when is, conversation. When is cash yeah. going to go away? I, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're certainly on the way, but just in general, um, the dollar to me is, is absolutely, I love referring to shit fiat all the time, but yeah, like the, I, I have a, a lot invested in crypto and if it, it, it's primarily gains, that's the thing. Like if, if I lost every penny, I would be crestfallen because all my hopes and dreams of, of retiring in 10 years would be shattered. But I can pay my bills, you know, it's totally fine. And same thing, the amount of money that I've put into NFTs specifically over the past, I'll say month, maybe even three weeks, it would be tragic if the bubble popped and they were worthless overnight, but I wouldn't kill myself and I can pay the bills. You know, it was money that I was literally investing. So it's no different from, I shouldn't say it's no different, but it's it's similar to investing in stocks or whatever else. Yeah. You know, you know, just speculating on stuff like that. If but, you're if you're not pulling it out tomorrow, then just just wait. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, um, you know, I'll I'll, I'll finish with um, three things. Uh, one, uh, a good friend of mine, a, a, I'll say a de facto financial advisor of mine, who I literally told Tara, if something ever happens to me, you go to this guy and he'll, he'll take care of you (laughs) because I trust him. (laughs) But he always says, if, if you are going to sell an asset or specifically a stock, have a plan for that money. Like 
don't sell it and put it in a savings account. Either put, either sell it and put it into something else that you want to get into or leave it in. Like it, you, you should be, you, your money should always be earning you money. That's the first thing. The second thing, um, I wanted to list the projects that I'm involved in. And Jake, you're in a lot, you're in a lot of the same ones that I, well, I should say I'm in a lot of the same ones that you're in. Cause you tipped me off on a lot of them. But, um, so all of the ones on the Ethereum network that I'm in, uh, sappy seals, deadheads, uh, fatals, Mars Genesis, Vault of Gems, Primate Social Society. So I think there's like six there. I have four on Solana Network. Those are uh, Fancy Frenchies, the Cavemen Club. It's like, I, that's what it is on Twitter. I can't remember what it exactly is, but it's Cavemen. You would find it. Soul Snatchers and Eternal Beings. I mentioned it earlier. That's Lou Uzi's, the one that just dropped um, yesterday on September 27th. But those are all the ones that I'm into right now. And then also, one thing that I actually thought we were going to talk more about, and I just kind of completely forgot, is legit my favorite crypto platform, crypto.com. Like, holy shit, I'm, I'm, I'm into CDC. I call it CDC. I'm into it heavy. I have a lot of money staked to get their crazy credit card. They're not credit cards, actually. They're, t- they're technically debit cards. You get 3% um, cash back in CRO, which is their, their native token in, like in their crypto ecosystem. You can use, see, you can stake it and get rewards back. You can use it to buy NFTs on their platform. I was actually just trying to get Jake into it because all of their drops sell out like immediately. Uh, they have packs, they have, they have games they play. Like right now they're, they're in the middle of doing a poker drop. When I was at Jake's and, and, and Kelly's in Tampa, I got a couple of the diamonds cards. They dropped clubs maybe a week ago. And I'm, I'm assuming that spades and, um, hearts are to follow, but really fascinating stuff. So I love crypto.com. If anybody's interested as usual, the referral, Bachev got you covered. Let me know. <laughs> But um, those are all the projects. You. Yeah, yeah, go. On the on crypto.com, that debit card that you were talking about, mm-hmm. is it debiting from your crypto balance? How does that work? You can do it however you want. So what you do is, it, this is literally what they call it in the app. They call it topping up. So you can send, what I love about CDC is because there are so many hateful hateful banks like PNC that are very crypto unfriendly and I keep threatening to move and I promise you I will. I just have to overcome inertia. Um, it's sometimes they won't, they won't communicate nicely or you can't move money into these banks. What is amazing about CDC is they use an intermediary bank that you send money to another bank and it, it's kind of weird, a little, I, I mean, I've moved a large sums of money and I'm like, oh, I hope they're going to deliver on this. And sure enough, they did. They're, I mean, they're, they're a huge company. They have a sponsorship with the UFC and all kinds of cool stuff, but, um, they, they, you literally send it to another bank. So the bank is like, oh, this looks legit. And then they put the money in your account from that bank that you just funded. And it's really nice. So you can put, you can put cash directly on that, or you can top it up with crypto. So actually just today, I needed, this is perfect use case, I needed a little bit of cash on Tara's, because we both have one, I needed a little bit of cash on Tara's card to cover a Spotify charge because guess what it pays for? 100% of Spotify. You pay, with, you pay Spotify with this 
card and you get 100% of it back in CRO. It's absolutely amazing. So I bought Cardano. This is another shill for another crypto. ADA is amazing. I bought Cardano on, you know, whatever, Coinbase Pro or something, sent it to Terra's CDC account, topped up the card with directly with, I didn't even have to sell ADA. I topped up the card with it. It converted it to cash and then I paid for Spotify and then I got 100% back in CRO. Now, if that just made your head spin, I promise it's not as complicated as it sounds, but I, I, I'm all in on CDC's whole ecosystem. I love it. And, and CRO is growing. So whenever you get that oh, back, yeah. you're, you're actually getting paid to use Spotify. Yeah, they, um, they, I can't remember if it's 10% or 12% staking, um, you know, like as a yearly yield, but they pay it to you weekly. So wow. every week, Tara and I both get a payment in CRO just just for owning CRO. Super Absolutely cool. incredible. So I I have a habit of going down these long lists. Are there other projects that you want to mention, Jake? And then I'll finish off with my third point. Um, you and I pretty much have all the same projects just because we communicate so much. But yeah. the only one that I have that you don't is uh, Lazy Lions. The one Lazy I wish Lions. I had. I originally found out about Lazy Lions. I think it's so stupid, but Des Bryant, the the old receiver for the Cowboys. That yeah, retired, even I know that name. Yeah, he was tweeting about Lazy Lions, and he's super super into crypto and NFTs. So if you want to follow a celebrity or you know somebody that's super into it, he's definitely one of them. I like but, him um, already. Yeah, but um, he was tweeting about Lazy Lions like a while back, so I bought it when it was around the 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7 range. And I could easily sell it right now for probably three or so, just because of the rarity of mine. But I'm just going to keep holding on to it for now. Um, the highest offer I've gotten is 3.1, which is insane, because I could have made a ton of money off of that. But yeah. I'm kind of holding out, because if I can get what I'm thinking I can get for this, it'll be able to pay for Kelly and I's wedding. Oh, God. See, well, <laughs> Ethereum is down, I say this with quotes, down a little bit right now. And I have two paychecks coming up, uh, Tara's and mine both. The floor is attractive for lazy lines, so there might be a purchase on my horizon. It's so funny. As soon as we get it's paid, I'm like, all right, this is all going into crypto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Say, say goodbye. It's- Tara's like, here, take my money. But um, If only Brick Media clients knew that part of their payment goes to... Yeah. JPEGs. Yeah, exactly. It, the the whole thing is really cool, but ra- wrapping up and finishing with that that third point that I mentioned earlier. So we talked about things bringing people together, whether it's video games or some other type of media or a, a hot topic or NFTs. Um, coming full circle, that's what I have always envisioned Craft Heads podcast being. I love... There are lots of listeners who have sort of, I don't want to say followed me because that sounds totally narcissistic and it's not the case, but like even people that go back to the 2v1 days, um, uh, the the perfect person that comes to mind is, is friend Paul, who he's also a fellow Georgian. Like he listened to us way back on that podcast and he's been with us ever since and he's he's been with CHP since day one. And you know, I, I still have, I'm, I want to hook up with them in person. Like, I love that just similar interests in 
cool things and having a beer and crafty beverages and stuff can like bring people together over stuff like this. So is that Paul that I know? Um, no, no, you do okay. not. He's, he's in the disc, he's in the discord, but you don't know him personally. But, um, yeah, it's, that's, that's what we're here for connecting people and also maybe dropping a, a little ort or two of wisdom along the way. Um, I've, I've been thinking about doing like a life hacks episode at some point because every once in a while I discover something in my life and I'm like, for example, the wrapped Ethereum was a really good example, but that was better for this episode where I'm like, my life would have been better if I knew this two years ago or whatever. So maybe I'll like try and, I've been taking a note in my phone. For There's a lot, that, but I mean, I think the health hacks, uh, subject that we did, Totally. Uh, whenever you were in Tampa, I think there's a lot of stuff along the lines of health and stuff like that that oh yeah you could probably come up with. But yep. yeah, and and, I, and I'm sure whenever I finally uh, Tara and I did get that book, and we're also she's fooling around with the book called The Fluoride Deception. So that's a whole other topic that we'll talk about. I just ordered a huge uh, reverse osmosis water filtration rig that I'm very excited to set up. But that's a different topic. Um, so that's what Craft Heads podcast is all about, bringing people together, sharing ideas, stories, etc. Um, and, you know, as always, if you want to uh, send any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, it's craftheadspodcast at gmail.com. On patreon.com slash craftheadspodcast, we have that's where we we have our community where you can support us financially if you want. There's they're very small tiers like one, three, and five dollars on a monthly basis, and uh, there's various things that come with them. But most importantly, even at the one dollar support level, you get access to our Discord server, and we've got a really great group of people on there. And like I said, not financial advice is probably the uh, most fun channel, and might actually, well, not might. Some of the stuff in there will will pay for your membership <laughs> if you check us out. But um, yeah, the, Jake, uh, th- go ahead. Sorry, real quick. Um, yeah, the not financial advice Discord channel is the whole kind of reason that we came up with this idea. At least it's what sparked yeah. the idea for me. A hundred percent, dude. Yeah, highly recommend joining. It's a it's a fun group of people, good conversations, and I think we may have to, or you may have to rename that channel something like not financial tips so that it's nft oh just saying wow that's just saying i like that very nice and hey there's there's tons of different um episodes i already mentioned this in the last one i think i rattled them off there's no point at this point but uh jake has been on so many different episodes and i guess since we talked about Gary V, we've actually been to VaynerX before together on a joint business venture when I was working for Brick Media. You can check that out on episode 63. And it's just, it's really cool to think about that kind of thing where, like, how huge and important Gary V is in the world today. And, like, we were in his freaking agency because of Brick Media. Like, I love Super it, cool. Full circle. Yeah. And then we recorded an episode in an attic in Queens. Legendary. One of the best <laughs> weeks of my life. That was so fun. I, Dude, I'm right there with you, brother. But thank you for joining, Jake. Uh, look at this. I, obviously, nobody else can see this, but look how much beer is left. It's literally a tiny little mouthful. I love it. Yep. Same with Perfect. Jake. Perfect. Cheers. Cheers. Sorry, if disclaimer, my dog <coughs> barked during this episode. <laughs>